Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Ross Martin, and this is Don Callahan, and this is The Scoop. Welcome into The Scoop, the number one football recruiting podcast, part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. We are sponsored. We have two sponsors now, as you can see, sponsored by Blue Shark Vodka, the smoothest vodka in the world, found in all 100 counties in North Carolina. Make sure you pick up a bottle soon. And of course, Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. We have a lot to talk about today. Don, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. Just hoping that that uh, Blue Shark Vodka, give me uh, a little taste test over here in, in Holly Springs, North Carolina. There you go. Go out and get you some. Uh, we have a big show. You pumped for the show, Don? I, I am pumped. I love the intro. It's got me excited. How about you? What's going on in Ross's world? I know you're busy. This yeah. is a busy day um, for you. Well, I mean, the audience. Yeah, this new uh, post-game show has been a, a kind of a different switch for how I operate on game day. So I've been adjusting to that. Um, obviously, we had a, a away game and a home game last week, another home game there. So I kind of approach game day differently and prepare and take notes. Um, to prepare for our post-game show, which airs live on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook immediately after the game. But I'm not in the press box anymore. Um, other than that, everything is, everything is normal. we got some basketball interviews once a week now, and, of course, the regular football stuff. Um, as summer comes to an end, we gear up for fall. So I watched the first edition of your post-game show. That was mm -hmm. good, although you right. guys looked a little shell-shocked with, the, with yeah. the result. I didn't get a chance to watch the second one, I think, because there were some other games on at the time I was I was trying to watch. So sorry about that. I definitely plan on planned on watching it. So but everything's going smooth, smooth with all that. Yeah, I think it's good. I think Sean is, is great. Uh, great addition. And, you know, it's his first time doing media. So, you know, first time in front of a, a camera doing media. So getting him on getting him up to speed and getting him comfortable was kind of the goal. And I think each show can get better. And I think he brings unique perspective in terms of like being there knowing what goes on in the huddle the x's nose and then i'm bringing the energy and, and kind of guiding the show and we have producer john as well shout out producer john it's, it's been good so far it's kind of weird we left the game uh at the kind of halfway through the third quarter like i ran to my car in the bowl lot and then picked up john and sean and, and sean's wife and kid uh like at an intersection <laughs> and then drove to the office and we watched like most of the fourth quarter here which is cool of course you want to be in the stadium for a close game that's going to be yeah. tough, kind of leaving a really close game and watching the office, but um, part of the job here. And it was good. Actually, shout out. I tailgated with some fans. Coulter, I believe his name, him and his buddies down in uh, the Bulls lot. Tailgated with them a little bit on Saturday. They're, they're diehard Scoop fans, Don Callahan fans. So that was good. Um, all right, let's get into it. We can do a little more hey, talk. Hey, I got to tell you about mine. Is that okay. – so I don't know if you know this, but um, I, don't have a, I don't have a parking pass. So I park at the office. And I walk from the office to the stadium. No way. I swear. Now. And then you walk um, back? Yeah. So on Saturday, Hawk, 
he knew that what I was doing. So he actually picked me up at the office and drove me, but I did walk back. Okay. So you <laughs> didn't walk to the stadium and it sounds like you're going to get hot. I walked back. Drive you. I walked yeah, back. Though. That's downhill. So it's, if, I mean, people, um, our office is, is down by uh, Finley golf course, um, kind of right past the fresh market. That's an uphill walk up Raleigh road. We're mm-hmm. about a mile from campus. Mile, my 1.6 miles. Yeah. That's probably the most you've walked in a while. It is. It is. I mean, right, I slept guys. like a baby that night. There you go. You came for uh, football recruiting content, not Don's uh, weekly exercise regimen. This is what we're talking about today. Not a lot of news, but we're going to really get into the 2022 class, the remaining targets of which there are four, five, six names to know. That's really it for this, this 22 class. Um, so we're going to get through that. We're going to preview George Petaway's announcement. He's announcing September 22nd, which I think is that next Wednesday, Don? Yeah, it is. Okay, you're going? We are figuring out our plans at the moment. There you go. George Petaway from the Virginia Beach area, I believe. Um, we're going to check in on all those 22 targets, see what updates are going on now, kind of two weeks into the season. Talk about Zach Rice as well, who's visiting uh, UNC uh, this Saturday for the Virginia game. We're going to talk about the team. We're two games in, Virginia Tech and Georgia State. So Don and I have watched both games. We're going to talk a little about the team. And then we're going to get into a little life advice. We've been pushing off as life advice. We have a good question, but I think with not a lot to talk about today, not really much new news. We'll have some time to get into that life advice segment. We'll get out of here and you'll new top five. And we have a new top five. Yeah. The new top five guys. We, I think this is a good one that everyone can get involved with is your top five game day rituals slash traditions uh, that you do on a college football game day. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be like necessarily a ritual, but, you know, what you do when you wake up, whether it's something you eat that day, something you always tailgate with, how you watch, family stuff. Uh, if you go to the games, kind of what's your uh, schedule and tradition, kind of break down your your game day rituals and traditions. How does, how does that sound, Don? I'm excited for it because I think everyone everyone who's listening to this should have some sort of something that they do and maybe some good tr- traditions that we haven't heard, heard of before. There you go. Email those to Don. Or message him on Twitter or on the Inside Carolina um, message board platform message board. And also, if you have any life advice questions, we'll get into it later. You can email me at Ross Martin NC or hit me up on Inside Carolina messaging as well. Yes. Good. Good to go. Sounds sounds good. Okay, we're going to talk about the twenty twenty two targets and then get into Petaway. Let's just run through them, guys. Check out the scoop, uh, not the podcast, the article. I went through all the, the last weekly three. scoop. The weekly scoop. I went through the last three uh, last night and today to prep for the show. Um, there's tons of info there. A lot more info than we're going to give away on this show. But let's go through each one here briefly. Don. Benji Gosnell tied in. Um, obviously, his brother's on the team right now. He decommitted from Ohio State. Um, and like him at tight end or, or defensive, uh, I guess, outside linebacker, defensive end. What's going on with his recruitment? Yeah, I mean, so he is looking at for the most part, North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Um, he's going to visit North Carolina this weekend, visit Virginia Tech last weekend. I have a little bit more kind of connecting the dots in the weekly scoop. Uh, all these guys, really, weekly scoop, we, we updated on all of their recruitments. Okay. That's all you get. That's all you get here. All right, Andre Green, guys, you know him. He's a wide receiver from, I think, the Richmond area of Virginia. UNC's last big uh, wide receiver target. He's visited UNC a lot, but he's also had a national recruitment. Um, what's going on with Andre Green? Well, right now, the main thing is that he's trying to attend the 
Penn State whiteout this weekend, okay. which is complicated by the fact that he plays in a high school game on Saturday at two in Washington, D.C., which is actually makes it a little bit easier because it's not in Richmond. But, um, you know, the the Penn State game starts at like 730. And it's like I think it's like just under four hour ride. Um, so, yeah. So whether and the fact that he's trying to make this is, is interesting. Um, and obviously Penn State's a, a huge factor in this recruitment. Okay, moving right along. Turn off your alerts on your phone, Don. All right, Will Hardy, and this is a, could be a new name for a lot of people. It's a relatively new name for me. Will Hardy, is he listed as a wide receiver? He might be listed as a wide receiver, but UNC's, I think he play. he's like an athlete on his high school team, but for, for North Carolina, most schools are recruiting him as a DB safety. Okay, he's listed as, an, as a wide receiver, but is ranked as an athlete. Uh, okay. Committed to Virginia from Norcross, Norcross Georgia, 6'2", What's going on with his recruitment is kind of interesting because he is committed already to Virginia, but UNC is pursuing him still. Yeah. So as you mentioned, he's been committed to Virginia for a few months now. North Carolina offered him maybe like a month, maybe it's been two months now. Um, and there's been some com- conversations between the two parties. And now it's a matter of seeing if he's truly interested, if he's going to make a visit to Chapel Hill. He hasn't completely ruled that out. You know, coincidentally, UNC and Virginia are playing in Chapel Hill this Saturday. He has not, uh, I guess, said that whether he's going to attend that game or not, but it would be interesting. That would be the ideal game for him to attend. There you go. So he could be attending this weekend. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, he could. Okay. I, he thrilling, hasn't thrilling breakdown. Well, the thing that, well, we got, we got full breakdowns on the weekly scoop, but the thing with him is that he's treading very lightly because he doesn't want to burn the bridge with, with UVA, yeah. but obviously he's, he's left that door open for North Carolina. Okay. And Jake Pope, before we get into Zach Rice and Petaway, Jake Pope committed to Alabama. There's a lot of good stuff in, in some previous scoops about him. I know you teased something about him a couple podcasts ago as well. What's going on with Jake Pope, the safety out of uh, Beaufort, Georgia. Yeah. So, those who've been following recruiting know he he's been down to five schools or was down to five schools for much of the summer, took official visits to four of them, uh, ended up choosing between that group on, I guess it was right before the football season, right before his football season began, chose North, chose, I'm sorry, chose Alabama. Um, the belief behind the scenes is that that came, that decision came down to North Carolina and, and Alabama and as we've mentioned in, in the scoops, there, the, the communication has not stopped between UNC and Pope. And he's another one where you kind of want to see you know, his actions and if he ends up making it to a game. He has mentioned to other media outlets that he intends on visiting other schools still, even though he's committed to Alabama, which can't make Nick Saban happy. Interesting. And I know they really want him. So would they take Pope and Hardy or is it one or the other? I think they would take both. Because they like Hardy at cornerback? No, they like them both at safety. But I think, you know, the plan all along for this class was to take four DBs. They have two committed. They're comfortable if signing they were today, just signing those two. But um, I think they would, would mo- more than likely take both of those guys. If who, they are the, who are the two? I know they have one. Tayon Holloway yeah. and um, Marcus Allen. Another, ah, another Marcus Allen, um, Allen. yeah, Atlanta area DB. Okay. When's the last time you saw a white cornerback commit to UNC? <laughs> I would have to look back at my notes. Yeah, that's a – why is that done? Why do you think that is? 
I think we need to go on to the next topic <laughs> before we get uh, um, what, what's it to cancel? What what is it? My my daughter always tells me canceled. Yeah, yeah. don't be scared to talk about race. All right, Zach Rice. I know we're gonna talk about him a little bit more. You want to talk about him here, or you want to talk? About, we'll save it for later. We can save it for later. We'll okay. go in detail, but uh, but yeah, obviously. UNC is a major player in this recruitment, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll do Zach Rice later because he is visiting this weekend. We're going to spend a little more time on that. All right, let's get into George Petaway. George Petaway is committing uh, this Wednesday. Sorry, a week from – we're recording on Wednesday morning. A week from this Wednesday at his high school. Uh, what's going on there, John? Let's dive into a little bit. This is – I mean, this guy I really like. Uh, 5'11", listed at 190 um, from – geez, I can't say his high school. He's from Suffolk, Virginia. Uh, ranked 98 in the nation, number seven running back, number four player in the state of Virginia. Uh, he has four crystal ball predictions. They're all for UNC, uh, Donald. Yeah, so it's important to point out that the announcement will be streamed on CBS Sports HQ. Side note, do you watch HQ at all? Occasionally. Um, okay. I need to watch it more. I just got YouTube TV. Uh, we can talk about that if you want, but... Um, I, I like it when it's on. I just, I just don't think about it that much. I actually don't watch as much TV as I used to. I used to have it on a lot in the background. I know you have it on all the time, especially in the afternoon when you don't work. Um, <laughs> but I but watch yeah. a little bit a little bit of ESPN in the mornings usually. I used to watch a lot of uh, some news stuff during the all the politics stuff. But, um, you know, I know Chip Chip Patterson, some of those guys at CBS, so I check in occasionally. Yeah, so for me, it's, it's great to background noise sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very much like, ESPN news used to be. And I like that, you know, where you could just actually have news and, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, some of it is repeating itself, but I mean, they, they have updates throughout the day and different things. And then the other thing I like about it, it, it is kind of gambling, um, I guess, influence with a lot of their stuff, which is kind of cool. So mm-hmm. but anyway, and it's free, well, it's free. You can get it on anything. One thing now with, with sports and sports entertainment is like gambling is just part of it now. I mean, they yeah. don't avoid it all. I mean, ESPN yeah. has, Talks about spreads left and right. I mean, it's such a mainstream thing now. It's becoming legal in every state. Mm-hmm. It should be legal in every state, I think, in the next I'm waiting months. for North Carolina for it to be. Yeah, I think it's legal in Virginia, right? Yeah, legal in Virginia. Legal. Yeah. legal yeah. So, probably, yeah. So. Well, there is a law that's making its way through the um, state house or whatever that um, is going through the process, hopefully. Yeah, just tax it. Just tax well, the bets. Yeah, and, and they're going to use the, the, the money that they make to, I guess, support the school system, which is actually a good idea, but you know, we'll see. But anyway, um, Petaway. It's hot in the studio. Is All it? Right. Yeah. All right. Um, so Petaway. Yes. Uh, you know, so he came – he's down to – he's technically down to four schools, Florida, North Carolina, Oregon, and Penn State. When you dive a little bit deeper into this situation – you learn that he has never visited Oregon. And it, mm-hmm. so it's, it's difficult to envision a kid choosing a school on the complete opposite side of the country that he has never visited before. Okay. Mm-hmm. So although he is a little bit unpredictable and he likes to be purposely unpredictable, I think we can kind of throw that school out the window. Then you have Penn state, which has two running backs committed. And I brought this to his attention. I said, hey, you know, are you truly considering the school two running backs committed? And he, his, I guess, spin on it is that those are big running backs. He's a, more of like a shifty, smaller receiving running back. So he's different. He would have mm-hmm. a different role. I still, even with that, he makes a very good argument. But even with that, I think that 
it's hard to see him wanting to be a part of a three running back class. It's just not very common. So I think you can scratch Penn State off the list, which I feel like is the most significant because early on I was hearing that was the team to beat and he just kind of waited himself out of an opportunity. Um, so that leaves North Carolina, Florida. Florida definitely needs running backs. They have one committed. They uh, missed on their other major target, which is the in-state guy, which was kind of a surprise. They missed on him. Um, from what I've dug in, you know, the Gators would love to have him, but just don't feel like they have any sort of momentum with them whatsoever. He did visit, spent, I think he spent a weekend in June in Florida, but that's it. You compare mm-hmm. that to North Carolina where – He's been there, I think, a handful of times within the past 12 months. So, you know, you, you put in all the pieces of the puzzle with, you know, Dre Bly, with uh, Tony Grimes, with, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. And things look very good for North Carolina on September 22nd. Do you think he's um, verbally committed, uh, silent commit to UNC? Some of that depends on what your definition is. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't. Nice, nice way to avoid the question there, Donnie. <laughs> well, I mean, because there's there's kids who will throughout the process say, I'm come. Oh, you, you know, coach, I'm coming here. I'm coming here. And then yeah. there are ones who legitimately, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a, a one off the top of my head, like Bryson Jennings. He told the coaches, hey, I'm committed. I'm with you guys. Just give me. Mm-hmm. Give me some time to announce it publicly. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a silent commitment. Whereas it's done. He's not making any more visits. He just wants to announce it publicly and kind of set all those things up. Uh, I think a kid who constantly, you know, tells the staff, hey, I'm coming, you know, I'm coming, blah, blah, blah. I don't consider those silent commitments because odds are they're saying the same thing to other staffs too. Yeah. Okay. George Pedway. I mean, as a player, we'll, we'll kind of, I guess what kind of stuff is he bringing and how is he different than UNC's other commitment, other running back commitment? Well, he's, he's basically, if, if Amar- you had a, a running back spectrum, he's the complete opposite of Omarion Hampton. So he's would be a perfect compliment. You know, Hampton's obviously a power guy relies on breaking tackles um, and just kind of muscling his way for extra yards. Uh, Petaway is a guy and, and also Hampton's not really known for his receiving ability. He's not thrown thrown to very much at his high school mm-hmm. just because of the, the way their offense is set up. Uh, Petaway is a guy catch a lot of passes. Um, he's he's going to make, he's going to um, um, accumulate the yards from being elusive with his speed, with his vision, that sort of thing. And then, you know, um, forgetting about what I was, you know, comparing the two running backs, just in general, you know, Petaway is, I love him, his off the field. He, he very, he has that it factor, mm-hmm. super hardworking in camps, goes hard every single rep. A lot of guys, you go to these camps and, and these guys with, with a gazillion offers like he has, you watch him go, go through reps and they just go through the motions. Petaway's going like he's playing the Super Bowl every single time. The other thing with him is that even with all of his accomplishments and you look at his stats, his stats are ridiculous. He has this chip on his shoulder, almost like he always like is kind of like a Ryan Switzer sort of thing. You know, Ryan Switzer had this chip on his shoulder and that's what what Petaway has. Um, So he's always trying to like, you know, has this meanness to him where, where, when, when he's playing, which I think is, will help him in the long run. Awesome stuff. Yeah. I mean, 
I've seen a little bit of tape and he's, he's pretty incredible. It'd be awesome for UNC to get, you get Petaway, who's number seven ranked running back and Amarion Hampton, who's number 13 to get two of the top 15 running backs in one class is pretty impressive. And you're saying he's opposite from Hampton, but he's 5'11". Like he's going to, I mean, he's probably going to play at 5'11", 210, maybe 205 type range. Yeah, yeah. I but mean, I think that the thing with him is that, you know, they're going to be able to split him out wide and have him play yeah. in the slot as a, as a running back and, and catch passes out of the backfield. And, and he's, he's the guy who's going to make you miss, whereas Hampton's going to run you over. Yeah, and I think you're seeing with UNC's current team the need for a really an elite back. I'm not sure if they mm-hmm. have it on this team right now. Someone that can hit the hole quick um, and burst for, you know, four or five yards and then break a tackle. Um, that's what they had last year with Javante and Michael. That's what they don't have this year. I feel like there haven't been any really big runs from the running backs this year um, as they maybe wait for these freshmen to, to, to get ready or um, maybe, I don't know, Ty Chandler hopefully gets there with more comfortability, but um, – they need an elite back to, to complement what they have wide receiver. All right. Good stuff there from Donald. Let's get, uh, let's get to a little ad read here, guys. I want to talk to you. I'm going to kind of do this little special here for the show. Cause we're going to clip this ad read. I'm Ross Martin. And I want to talk to you about inside Carolina's new sponsor, blue shark vodka, a small, <laughs> a small family owned vodka company based out of Wilmington, North Carolina. It's available in all 100 counties. It's made with North Carolina sweet corn to create the world's smoothest vodka. It's been distilled four times, then mellowed for 28 days, which allows for a full-bodied uh, ability for, for it to fully, fully bloom and awake. Um, and then each batch is triple filtered to give it that smooth, clean finish and eliminate all the alcohol bite. It's won a lot of awards, and it's available in all 100 counties. Um, my buddy Connor Barth, you may recognize that name. A former kicker for UNC, probably the most famous kick in UNC history, is a partner with Blue Shark Vodka, again, based out of Wilmington and Wrightsville. And um, they sponsor our post-game live show and the Inside Carolina podcast. I want to read to you. I've actually tried it in a couple uh, couple nights the last couple of weeks, and it's good with any, any sort of fruit juice, a little seltzer water, a little soda water, and a little lime juice. So that's kind of a vodka soda. And then a, a uh, Carolina Mule is two ounces Blue Shark Vodka half cup of ginger beer and one half ounces of fresh lime juice great for the tailgate that's uh the blue shark vodka ginger beer and fresh lime juice don how does that read that was um delightful yeah i need to clean up a little bit then guys of course um johnny t-shirt giant t-shirt.com our sponsor all inside carolina subscribers get 10 percent off so if you're not an inside Carolina subscriber go to the message board uh and join get that 10 percent off discount code Get your T-shirts, get your jerseys, get your sweatshirts, all at Johnny T-shirt and johnnytshirt.com. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. Appreciate you sticking around, guys. We're going to jump into – I have a question for Don here about the Uh 2022 targets, okay? I did this a couple podcasts ago. I want your feeling on the ones we just talked about. 
and we'll include Zach Rice in this. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. So, guys, now, I'm just going to say, you say yes or no whether you think he's on in signs with UNC. Okay? Benji, guys, now. No. Okay. Andre Green. Oh, okay. Such a tough one. Um, that's, yeah, that's the toughest one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, yeah, on that one. And I feel like you have a good relationship with him and his dad. Yeah, definitely his dad. Definitely okay. his dad. Dad's a nice guy. Um, and he listens to podcasts. So That's we right. got to kind of make sure we, we, we shout him out. That's right. So, so here's, here's my feeling. I know it's vodka. like yes or no on, um, is that, um, you know, I, I, I think UNC might be behind right now, but I think that UNC has the ability to kind of, to kind of get ahead. I think they have the, the ingredients to get ahead, but you gotta, you gotta worry about Clemson and, you always have to worry about your recruits around Georgia. You do. <laughs> what? Why? What did you talk about earlier? Because they might leave campus with candy. Little, was that a little magic dust? I think you <laughs> referred to last time. Something like that. Okay. Will Hardy. Yes or no? I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Jake Pope. I'm going to say no. Okay. Uh, George Petaway. I'm, uh, I'm assuming you say yes on him. I'll say yes. And then Zach Rice. I'm going to say no. Okay. Interesting. That'll definitely stir up some conversation on the old message boards there. I think people like when you're, you're clear with your picks. Okay. So let's get into Zach Rice. Um, he is visiting this weekend for the UNC Virginia game. And those are what we think are his two uh, finalists. What's going on with his recruitment now? And when is he going to decide? Yeah. So, I spoke to him on Sunday and the kid definitely, he is just tired of this process. He, <laughs> he actually, so um, Jackie from our UVA site went to his game on Friday and he initially turned down her interview request. And she is like the nicest. If you ever met her, she's like the nicest. I can't imagine turning down an interview request with her, but fortunately Zach's mom was there and told him, Hey, you can't, you can't just <laughs> do this. So anyway, so he did an interview with her, but she said that he was very reluctant. And even when I talked to him, he just seemed so burnt out by this. And he really wanted this process done with before the season, but he, he hasn't been able to find the answer. So that's why I get so frustrated. These people say, Oh, he's committed here. He's going to do that. No, he doesn't know what he's doing. So how do you know? Yeah. You know? So I think, He's down to five, but I think that because he's still torn and because that the only two schools that he probably will be able to visit this fall is North Carolina and Virginia. You got to think it's going to come down to those two schools. He does have a bye week. And so maybe he finds his way to Notre Dame, which I think out of the, the three other schools is probably the biggest threat. But um, yeah, I mean, th I think this could go either way. He has a, a tremendous relationship with UVA staff. Uh, particularly the offensive line coach. Uh, but with North Carolina, he likes what they presented him as far as development and the um, name image likeness sort of stuff. So, but I think ultimately it's going to come down to how he feels. And right now he, he doesn't know how he feels. Yeah. I mean, you could use that as a lesson for life. Yeah. Doesn't have the answers. Doesn't know what he feels. Um, questioning everything. Yeah. Doesn't know where to turn for the right answer. Maybe the answer's not there. Um, and, but you think, you think Virginia wins out, even though you think it's very close right now? Well, I mean, usually relationships end up winning out. I mean, cause it, here's the thing with this, right? If we're being honest and we're not, 
we're not asking a UNC fan or not asking a Virginia fan or whatever. And we're just looking at this objectively. I mean, he doesn't have a wrong choice. Whether he picks Alabama, Notre Dame, Virginia, North Carolina, or Ohio State, he's going to get a great education. And all of those schools have shown an ability to send kids kids to the to the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, once he comes to the realization that there isn't a really a wrong pick here, you know, ultimately it's going to come down to relationships and where he feels the most comfortable. And and what's maybe what's closer, what's easier on his family, what's yeah, just it's, it means it's definitely easier to go to a school that's closer by. Yeah, so I I think um, he wants to. It would make a lot of sense with how close he is to, with his mom to to stay fairly close. And obviously, outside of North Carolina, Virginia, it's just too difficult for for them to even visit any of those other schools. So imagine what it would be like if you were to go to Alabama. You know, how often is mom going to see him? Unless, of course, there have been parents who have moved closer. That, mm-hmm. that definitely happens. I don't yeah. know what their situation is and if that's a possibility, but you Chris, know, that's, du- that's always Chris Duhon's family moved to Duke for him. Yeah. Um, was it uh, uh, Tagovailoa moved to uh, um, Alabama yeah. from yeah, Hawaii? Didn't, didn't Zamir White's family move? Are they still there? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. Is, or is that is that the pixie dust we're talking about? There was some pixie dust in play there, whether it be a car. I don't want to make. It, I don't want to say it. <laughs> that's a big. That's a big piece of pixie dust. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Zach Rice, Petaway, two Virginia guys. Um, recruitment continues on. Is Rice a early enrollee? Yes. Okay. Which which further complicates because we talked. I asked him. I said, "Hey, is there a chance you wait until after the season?" They they made it to the semifinals. Um, last season so they definitely and they're undefeated right now so they definitely have a real chance to go pretty deep in the playoffs if they go all the way to the state championship that would bring them to basically I think almost mid-December signing days in, or the early sign periods in mid-December and and obviously if he wherever he goes he's going to be enrolling very quickly and he also mentioned the fact that he would like to be committed at least for a, a month or so um, before actually signing with that school all right Good stuff. All right, let's get into a little game, a little team talk here. Leads, you know, Zach Rice visiting this weekend for Virginia UNC. UNC is now one and one with a loss to Virginia Tech and a win over Georgia State. I still don't think we know a lot about this team. You've watched yeah. both. Let me switch it on you now. You've Uh-oh. watched both games. What What's your impressions of this team so far? Um. Well, as you mentioned, it's it's difficult to make a lot of judgments because the fact that you played Virginia tech in that situation, you know, first home crowd in a long time, they were amped up mm-hmm. and then you play Georgia state, which is not a very good team, not even a very good group of five team. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, North Carolina beat them pretty badly, but um, so it's so hard to say, I mean, it, you know, Sam Howell looked better than he looked in the first game, but was that the competition or did Sam Howell fix some of the things that um, needed to be fixed from the Virginia Tech game. The one thing I'll say is that the running game just doesn't look great. Yep. Yep. And it didn't look great against Georgia State. And um, so, I mean, how's it going to look against UVA? Because I ask you, you know, you if UNC loses Saturday, one and two overall, zero oh and two in, in the ACC. Yeah. What does that not, mean? Not good. Um, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of things you said. I mean, yeah, zero and two in the eighth. I mean, you're gonna have less uh, attendance for games. Uh, I mean, the Duke game becomes less important when you start zero and two, especially in the coastal. So you have two teams kind of ahead of you. 
not a good thing. But I mean, it's hard to, I don't want to go and say that right now because the game hasn't been played. I think we look at what UNC's done so far. I agree. Like, I think there's some offensive line issues and some run game issues. And you just don't have Michael Carter and Javante, which is easily an excuse to make. And it's a valid excuse, but you have to compensate other ways. And I'm not sure the passing game is there either with, with Daz Diami. You know, doing against Georgia State looked great, but um, they struggled a little bit in the first half, I thought, especially on defense. Uh, Georgia State had a really long drive. So I think there's a lot of questions, especially in the offensive line. Zudu, we don't know if he's going to play this weekend. Brian Anderson, love the guy. Um, he came back from an injury. The, the interior offensive line just wasn't wasn't really that great. And you look at their PFF grades, and it, it, it mirrors what you see on film. Like, they're just getting beat a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, some things don't look great. So I think they got to fix the offensive line. That's where it starts. Because it feels like Sam is, like, always, like – rushed and hurried and if yeah. you're gonna have a good passing game he needs to be protected he's always on the run he ran the ball way too much mm-hmm. against georgia state um which i didn't like to see either and, the, and then the running backs you don't want your run you don't want your quarterback leading the team and, and rushing and the running backs just haven't produced yet so you gotta figure that out i mean they've had two weeks now with, with tape so hopefully in the next couple of weeks they can figure out the the offensive line the run game or it's gonna be a long season um i do like the defense i think they're playing well i think there's a lot of a lot of what we thought was going to happen with this defensive team is happening. Jacorius Conley's a beast. He's a playmaker. Even with one hand, he injured his hand in the, in the game. He's still, um, you know, a really good open field tackler. Uh, I think Eugene Asante kind of fixed some issues he had against Virginia Tech and looked good. Gimmel, you haven't seen him really flash, but maybe that's a good thing. Uh, I think he's been where he needs to be. And then the defensive line, you're getting the production you wanted from Vahasek and Murphy and some flashes here and there for some other guys. Yeah, I love Murphy on Saturday. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I need to watch the games again. When you're at the game, like, it's hard to really see what's going on. Yeah. Honestly, like. Well, I, I actually prefer mm-hmm. to be home. Yeah. I really I, do. I agree. But I mean, if you want, obviously, you want the atmosphere, it was really yeah, nice yeah. to be in that stadium, of course. Yeah. But to watch the game, I mean, you get the commentary from the producers who have spotters mm-hmm. and have, mm-hmm. and you get a closer view of the, yeah. kind of of the offensive line, defensive lines. You kind of see what's going on. But if you're, if you're anywhere in the stands, it's hard to see the action. But again, you do see the whole field. So you see yeah. the all 22 kind of from the stadium. Um, you gotta want you want Storm Duck back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of interesting what's going on there. But um, I think the defense is getting to where it needs to be. I think they'll get better if, as long as they stay healthy. And then the offense just what about the secondary? I mean, it's fine. I, I mean, I, I don't think I, I felt like I felt like I maybe I had too many high expectations for the secondary. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just felt like if, if Georgia state had a better quarterback and better receivers, then things would have been really bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a lot. They, they didn't really pass the uh, ball much. And I don't think Virginia tech really did much either through the air. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember like UNC pretty much shut them out in the second half. Yeah. Oh, they, they missed on some opportunities there. So, I mean, but Virginia has a great quarterback in Brennan Armstrong and they throw the ball a lot. So. And he it's was a big a guy, I mean, th- this game is going to tell us what we need to know about this team. If they yeah, win he, a tough game in the fourth quarter, then I think UNC's good. If they get beat and it's not close in the fourth quarter and it shows that Virginia Virginia's a lot better, uh, we'll see that this team has, has been a lot of hype and not much uh, substance. Yeah, and for those who have been following recruiting for a while, know that um, Armstrong was actually very heavily recruited by North mm-hmm. Carolina under um, Fedora. I was trying to find pictures of him from a camp he came to. He came to the same yeah. camp that I think Howe was at, at UNC. I think Howe was a year younger, maybe, but I remember taking photos at that camp. I was not with Inside Carolina then. but I just remember um, 
he was a little guy. I mean, he still is, but you know, you, you wouldn't know that he was like a legit quarterback recruit just by kind of seeing him stand there on the sideline. That's what my, my recollection of him yeah. in the camp. I think he had you double know. earrings. Did he have double earrings? I noticed he got, so he the other thing too was he had that baby face, but I noticed he has the, uh, the beard now that kind of gets high, the baby face. He's good. He's good. He was good last yeah, year. For his Virginia. numbers. Um, He's one are, of the top quarterbacks right now. Statistically, yeah. I mean, games. over 70% completion rate, nine to one um, TD to INT ratio. Mm-hmm. I've actually, because Virginia played, started at 1130 on Saturday. And then also I was able to watch it. Oh, because I mean, there was no UNC. UNC was away the, the prior weekend. I, I watched both of Virginia's games and I, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, um, yeah, but I mean, they killed those two teams. How good yeah. Illinois really is, we'll see. Um, yeah. But they put up points, and that's something that, I mean, I guess it's better than not putting up points. All right, anything else on the team? I, I, I always, I will say one thing, man. Bryson Nesbitt looked good on that on that mm-hmm. pass play, and so did um, Jacoby Criswell. Criswell. That yeah. was a great play, and then I think Ra Ra and Power looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's promising. I know Ra Ra's mother was extremely excited because I got a. I, I was woken up uh, Sunday morning with a very, very funny. What'd she um, say? Just uh, I can't remember exactly, but she was just so excited that he got to play. Um, yeah, it's, gotta and, be, it's gotta be big for his parents to see their kid yeah, on TV like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Power had that pick six that was called back, but he had the interception. Yeah, um, Nesbit though, because it wasn't just a simple, you know, catch a jump ball sort of thing in the end zone. It was where he made a move, you know, evaded a tackler, all that sort of stuff. And what was what was it? like 22 yards, something like that, or maybe even longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he looked good. He looked long. He looked fast. He looked well, I wonder just how much, because they, you know, you watch it closer than I do. Um, but um, are they starting to phase out Walston? They play, they play Kamari Morales a lot more. Yeah, I I I'm not sure if Walston was injured or not, but I'll tell you what, they use tight ends a lot in blocking. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Nesbitt is is there blocking no. wise. I mean, he's just not the size. He doesn't have the size to go against a. Well, he only played. Yeah. He basically played receiver in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so, a. Yeah, he's a, a pass catching tight end. So yeah. I, whether they use him as just a big wide receiver, which I have no problem with if he's athletic enough, but uh, I feel like Morales and Walston have the blocking down, which is huge. I mean, you watch Walston. I mean, those run plays, I and mean, he's blocking every every play. So, um, hey, before you hey. put me on the spot, let me put you on the spot. What happens on Saturday? Jeez. That's a tough question, Don. <laughs> Look, I, I, I think I think Virginia's a better team, so I think Virginia wins. Wow. Um, I mean, you might be right. I mean, I, I think the one thing is, is like you said, we, we don't know how good Illinois is because they beat a crappy, you know, down there luck Nebraska team. Yeah. Um, but Illinois is power it, five. I mean, yeah. And so is uh, Nebraska. So it's like, I mean, power five. I don't know. Well, it'd be interesting to see. And I just think the offensive line for UNC hasn't shown me anything. There's no reason why I think all of a sudden this offensive line run game is going to be going to be so good. They're going to, they're going to beat Virginia. I mean, Virginia has been recruiting and, and kind of got the system in where they're full steam ahead. And, um, and they have a great quarterback too. And like we've talked about before, you have a good quarterback in college football. Can help you win yeah. games. And I, I, Sam, Sam looked great against Georgia State, but he looked awful against um, Virginia Tech. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Ready okay. to go into so our life questions? Yeah, we're going to do a life advice question. Again, I remind you about the next top five is your top five kind of game day rituals, traditions. 
things you do before, during, after um, UNC football games. Excuse me. And this can be anything, guys. So, you know, open-ended. I mean, not just it doesn't have to be just a ritual, but just things you, you like to do or, or wear or, or say or um, do after touchdown. Anything you think is a, kind of relates to a game day tradition or ritual. Email Don those. All right. We have this one life advice question. We've been holding it. I think it's really good. Spend about 10 minutes or so on it. Um, I'm going to read it. Okay, Don? All right. Remember, life advice, this is not like we're some therapist or some proven. Definitely not. Proven like life expert. We're just creating conversation and giving our thoughts, comments, and um, see what comes out of it. All right. This came to me. Won't give any names. Came to us, uh, I think, in my direct messages on Inside Carolina. All right. I seek advice from the gurus, Don and Ross. How do you know when it's time to leave a job? I've been working for a large financial services firm for the last five years in the same position for the whole time. I have high job security, which is great since I have a stay-at-home wife and three young kids. The pay is decent. The benefits are good. I can structure my day how I wish, and the work doesn't stress me out after I leave the office. I get strong performance reviews and a modest pay raise each year. Sounds great. My issue is this. The job now feels stale. Every day feels like the previous day. I'm no longer challenged to learn or try new things. High performance is not rewarded much more than average performance. I can't keep doing the same thing for another five years. Opportunities for advancement within the company are limited. I was passed over for promotion in January, and there, still, and there won't be another posting for a promotion until next year. I'm tempted, tempted to start looking elsewhere for more pay and more career advancement opportunities. I'm well aware that with more pay and responsibility comes more stress and hours away from my family. All right, Don, when is it? This is a big life question. I think that a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. When yeah. To no leave way. a job, when to move a job, being challenged in work, um, life, family, stress, um, kind of that work balance question of, of and, and also your career and your life and being challenged and, and personal growth as well. So yeah. Where do you want to take this to start? We'll go from there. All right. So I have two things that pop in my mind. Um, one, now I've only since graduating college, I've only had one job and you're looking at it. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if how old are you? So how old are you? I am 40 years old, old years old, four zero. Have you been with East Carolina the whole time? Yeah. I started when I was in college. How old were you? Or what year was that? I believe we, I think we believe I started in 2003. Okay. So it's like one of those after, things where it happened. Merger. Yeah. It, what, what, which merger? Uh, yeah. Big article I did about. Um, oh, yeah. 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 You're, uh, right, when, you're right. When UT basketball and tar pit combined. Yeah. 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 So that was I was 2001. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so as far as like changing jobs and everything, I don't know if I'm the best. I have hardly any experience with it, but I can definitely understand that the, um, the worries that are involved with it. The one thing I'll say is that looking at what Hallie describes his job, not to the T, but for the most part, my, my situation matches up with a lot of what he says. The main difference though, and I think it's significant and he thinks it's significant too, is basically he says it has gotten stale. Same thing every day. I don't have that. And I think that's one of the things that attracts me so much to my job is that things are different every single day, every single year, all that sort of stuff. So I think that's important. The other thing is I kind of feel like he's already made up his mind and maybe he just needs someone to kind of just 
push him a little bit because he's, you know, I mean, he says stuff like, I can't keep doing the same thing for another five years. He says, um, well, um, there was some, there was another point that he said that, that I was like, all right, this guy has basically made up his mind and he mm-hmm. just wants someone to kind of affirm it for him. What, what was your take? Well, okay. So a couple things here, like he has a stable job and he mm-hmm. has a wife and kids. I asked him a follow-up and I'll pull that up. Okay. Um, I asked, uh, how old are you? How old are your kids? Where have you lived? What, what have your jobs been and career path to this job? So a little more context. He's 36. So I, I'm 35. So very relatable, except for the kid part. His kids are elementary and preschool ages. So, you know, ages from, you know, two to 10, I would assume two, two to 11, three to 11. I live in Charlotte area since we have kids. We want to stay in the area close to the family in the Tar Heels. Uh, before kids, we lived in D.C. D.C. suburbs have, have been in financial services banking and sales since graduating from Carolina 14 years ago. So he's had the same uh, type of job, financial services, since graduation. Um, Current job is in financial planning, uh, was a pretty logical progression from my previous jobs. No major detours or industry changes in my career so forth. So he's been financial services, banking and sales, and now does um, financial planning. Um, You know, I'm not a huge finance guy, so I'm not- Me neither. too expert on that but we can all relate to sentiment and career and life and love and all that stuff um so i would ask like do you have job options that you're looking at that you think would be a better fit that provides you with the challenge and w- with similar pay yeah and and ability to move up and grow in the company do you have you think there are options out there or do you think you'd have to go back get a, get a different degree would you have to um, would, it, would it be pretty hard to find a job that gives you everything you like about your current job? And then you weigh the two, whether um, that risk of leaving your current great job is, is worth um, the potential benefits of finding a new job. Maybe it pays less to start out with. Maybe um, maybe you sometimes the grass isn't always greener, I think, is a mm-hmm. good way to look at this, too. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of good things going on that you like yeah. about this job but there's also you know there are some some negative things in terms of he said there's not really much option for promotion um, and that's a that's a legitimate worry he does get yeah. a raise which is great but yeah. he's very stale in the challenges and i think that's very common with a lot of people's jobs because there's a lot of monotony to yeah. every job there's going to be always bad things about every job yeah. um, unless you're like a rock star or an athlete or like a porn star. Um, I'm just kidding. But you know, like, like unless you're some superstar athlete or like a model or like a travel Is Ben blogger, still there? I think he is, yeah. Oh. I'm in the office, Ben's in here. So I, I'm trying to, trying to be responsible. Um, there's things that suck about every job and you have to bite the bolt and do it. Um, and there's things that are great about every job. But look, the longer you wait to make the move, the tougher it will be to make the yeah. move. And I yeah. think what complicates the situation is the wife, stay home wife and three kids. You have to yeah. support your kids and wife. And that is hard to, um, but you almost, you, you would have to kind of, if you're going to kind of like dip your toe in there, you have to kind of do it without, you know, you don't quit your job. You, you kind of dip your toe in and kind of look to see what's out there and just don't let your job know that you're looking around. Yeah, of course. My dad always tells me this. My dad always said like, you always want to look for a job when you have a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like this guy's pretty advanced in his career. Like he's respected. Yeah. He, he's in this company for a long time. He's been in financial services. I don't think he's going to have issues, you know, potentially getting another job, whether it be the one he wants or not. Um, 
but you don't want to, I think it's tougher when you've been unemployed for six months and they ask you, Oh, why have you been unemployed? He's like, well, you know, I just kind of, you know, didn't like where I was. So I quit. No one likes a quitter. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And it it sucks to look for jobs. It just sucks. Yeah. Um, If you're very excellent in your career, people come to you, but um, you know, if you're, you're some phenom and you're in your career, people will headhunt and find you often. It's not the case. You have to go find the job, especially in kind of, businesses where there's just so many people involved um so you're gonna have to look for a job but i would wait for the right fit and then you weigh whether that job is the right if it's if it checks enough boxes in terms of challenging you new things um growing in it i think those are all important i think being challenged in your work and being excited about your work can be a lot more important than maybe than maybe the money um especially if what do you say he's been over this job a job feels stale Every day feels like the previous day, and that's going to continue unless you leave. So yeah. a couple mixed messages there. He keeps doing the same thing for another five years. Uh, see, I can't keep doing the same thing for another five years. So a little shit or get off the pot situation here. But I would be very careful with it in, in researching it. Talk to people. Get coffee with people. Get beers with people. Make some connections that can help you find what you want to do. Because I, I always think about my job here. Um, I got to be careful how I phrase this, but we are given a lot of flexibility. Mm -hmm. It's awesome to cover sports. Mm -hmm. And I always think about, man, if I switch companies or like look for a different field where maybe I make more money, I'm not setting my own schedule. I'm not literally watching basketball games and getting paid for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though there's things that suck about this job, Mm -hmm. transcribing um, late hours, um, doing podcasts with Don. um, There's a lot of monotony. I mean, every, if you look at it, every year is different, but every year is, is very much the same too. Um, because you know, there's always a signing class. There's always preseason practice. There's always spring practice. There's always late now with Roy. I mean, there's a lot of monotony to it within it. There's a lot of interesting things and the flexibility with our job. I know you love it. Cause you take every afternoon. Yeah. I do do not take every afternoon off. But the thing I, but the thing I love though, is like, and we talked about this, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm that dad who still goes to all of my daughter's basketball practices, but I bring my laptop. I know what the internet situation is at each location so I can kind of accommodate. And so I work while I do those sort of things, which is great. Yeah. And there's a lot of times where I'm like, all right, I got to work on this, but I know she has a two hour practice tonight. And I'm like, all right, I'm working on this tonight and during that two, that two hour <laughs> yeah. block. One thing that's tough about this job is we have to always be on. Um, yeah. Yeah. You just never know when news is going to break, especially with recruiting. And then there's just there's news, just little stuff we have to put in the content, which you have to always be on. I mean, I think everybody yeah. in business would. But luckily, no, I, luckily in South Carolina, we have a lot of people. So we have interns, Ben, yes. Greg, Gregory, uh, all our interns who so can kind of help out. Well, that's um, what – so what people don't realize, like Ben and Michelle, for at least for me, have been invaluable in situations where I'm in a bind and I need help. Um, and they're completely understand. Both of them have kids that completely understand, you know, juggling those sort of things. So they're always willing to help. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other last week I was at my child, my kids open house. And in the middle of it, I get a phone call that I had to absolutely take. So I had to step outside. And of course, my phone's about to die. So I had to go sit in the car and charge my phone while I'm on the phone. But anyway, so we get that. The one thing I'll say, just to add on, I agree with everything Ross said. But he clearly has some things that are important to him that um, this job has. I would make sure that I had those things written down. And every job that I'm considering, I would make sure that they 100 percent 
check those boxes also, because I think obviously that those are important. And then, so you're basically looking for what you have now, but is not as stale. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think yeah. that's important because Look, you I, don't want to, you don't want to lose any one of those things because you're going to miss it. Yeah. And I want to, I want to take less money, honestly, unless it's some yeah. unbelievable opportunity um, because of the, you want that stability with the family. But I, he says he's tempted to look elsewhere. Go look elsewhere. I mean, yeah. Take, I would, I would, I would take, um, like, take two hours every Wednesday and, and job search and then get coffee or a beer with someone in the business and make connections. I know it, it I do that, I do that sometimes. And it's just like, sometimes you never, it never leads anywhere, but you never know. And Is Ross I think looking for a new job. You always are keeping options open. And so, um, let me lose my train of thought there, Don. Um, it's all about relationships. The job searching online for jobs is worthless. It's all about relationships. So meet some people, see what else is out there. I think that's one thing is knowing what's out there, learning about other people's jobs, meeting more people. And especially in Charlotte with so many different financial jobs and banking jobs in Charlotte and other companies that may need your services. And there's opportunities out there that maybe a smaller company gives you more career advancement. It was more exciting working for a smaller company or a startup or something like that that could use your skills, but you don't, you want to look while you have a job. Um, and you I got someone, man, I want to read you. I'm trying to find this text. A buddy told me, let me see if I can find this real quick. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. So uh, while you're looking for that, yeah. The one thing I, I was thinking about when he mentioned finance is that, I believe Charlotte is the banking capital of the United States. So I think after New York. Yeah. Okay. And so he is obviously, he probably would not have to move, which still puts him in a really good spot. And so he probably could find something, but yeah, there might be some, some adjustments, maybe a different commute that isn't ideal. Cause I know Charlotte during rush hour can be a pain in the butt. Have you found your text message yet? Yes, 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 yes. Um, okay, yeah. I was, I was, I was kind of life talks with a group of friends occasionally. Uh oh. Um, I'm not on that text message. I don't know why. Okay, so my buddy said the past few years he's been reacting to his environment rather than acting and creating my own environment. So he wants to react to act, to do things rather than, sorry, he wants to create and act rather than reacting to his environment. The kind of the, the point there is go out and do it. Stop talking about it. Make moves, whether it can be a small move towards where you want to go. Um, but there's no better time than the present. Otherwise, you're never going to do it. I think that applies to anything in life, whether it be um, jobs, career, life, love, um, pursuit of happiness. You know, go out and do it rather than talk about it. I know it's hard to start, but that'd be my advice yeah. for anyone. I mean, clear, um, yeah, clearly he 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 knows what he wants to do, but there is that fear there. And I think that if he handles it a certain way, like you mentioned, then I think that it kind of lessens the fear, lessens the potential for any sort of blowback. And he can handle this without having any sort of problems whatsoever um, by, by being careful with his approach to yep. it. But clearly he knows what he wants to do. All right. Good stuff, Don. That was great. We'll send us those questions. Maybe that one will bring in more questions. Yeah. Ross M. Martin at gmail.com <laughs> or on Inside Carolina. Anything life advice? That was a deep one. Uh, life, love, career, anything you want us to answer, talk about can be something fun, lighthearted, some situation you have with your friends. We, we need some relationship questions. Something you have with your wife or husband or kids, something, some issue to solve. We can, uh, we can kind of give our perspective on it. All right, Don, you good? I am good. All right. We will talk to you uh, in two, two weeks. weeks. I think by then you should have another commitment and that'll be the topic of the discussion then. Um, and appreciate you listening.
What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.